Views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. In the next hour, Dr. Pat showcases some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Get ready to live life full out. Here's your host, Dr. Pat Basile. Hey, everybody. Welcome. I want to welcome you to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. It is so absolutely cool to be connecting with all of you. Uh, The next time you speak with us, it will be our 10th anniversary. Um, And I want to thank all of you for tuning us in and turning us on for uh, all of these years, all of the hours that you've downloaded the show, that you've listened live. And uh, we're planning something really super beginning in September through the first of the year. You're going to start to see all of our websites change, uh, the launch of Call to Shine, and so many other things in the spirit of what you've taught me personally over these years. Um, And I'm so blessed. I wake up today and I think about what is my first four hours of daylight going to be about? And then I realize that it is going to be some of the most amazing, transformative conversations that I thought I'd never have. And today joining me is someone that, uh, and, and he and I were talking before the break, it's been a long time since we've been connecting. But the long time, you know, produces the most beautiful fruit, you know, the ripening of one's life. And that's what I want to say about, you know, Dr. Bruce Lipton joining me here today. And his latest, his latest endeavor, The Honeymoon Effect, The Science of Creating Heaven on Earth. It's a beautiful, beautiful book for a lot of reasons. For those of you that don't know who Dr. Bruce is, you know, he is a pioneer in what they call the new biology, internationally recognized leader in bridging science and spirit. And today we're going to talk a little bit about that because um, out of all the work that he's done, out of all the books that he's written, I really see in this book, uh, The Honeymoon Effect, I really see that that bridge that we thought was so difficult to cross, I, I really get to see in his beautiful words, the way he describes this, that that bridge is like floating on a cloud, which absolutely takes you to this place where there is no separation, where we can create heaven on earth. Uh, As I said before, he is a cell biologist by training, but more importantly, as the best-selling author of The Biology of Belief and Spontaneous Evolution, he is someone that has brought a very, very powerful message to the world that says we get to create amazing lives. We're not our situations. We're not our circumstances. We're not the things in life that bring us down. So if we're not that, what are we then? That's what today's show is all about. Um, Dr. Bruce, great to have you here. Thank you for joining me on the show today. Um, It's an honor to, to have you on the show. I want to thank you so very much because over the last 10 years, you have really been a very instrumental part of our evolution because you're feeding cultural creatives 
the audience, the wonderful people that are listening, people are looking outside of the box with, with answers that can help us thrive into the future. So I'm very honored to, to share this time with you, Pat. Oh, thank you. Uh, Bruce, I have to tell you, I'm probably one of the people that you could probably do a case study on. And I, I want to start out like this because I think it's going to be fascinating to, to, to see how exactly wonderful uh, this fits into the honeymoon effect. You know, 10 years ago, and I was sharing this with you before the break, 10 years ago, I transposed an 800 number and I didn't dial. I didn't hang up. I dialed it. Uh, it was the wrong number, but it was the right number. I dialed into what was then known as this little brand new internet talk radio show in 2003. I don't know if you remember 2003, Bruce, but no one was really listening to anything on the uh, I, I know because I, I lectured to very much empty halls a lot. <laughs> That's right. But you know what's interesting, and I'd love for you to talk to this in terms of the honeymoon effect. I didn't hang up, and within 10 minutes, I was looking for a man named Tracy, I got a woman named Casey, and she's still my executive producer today on this particular hour. Let's talk about that and the creation of Heaven on Earth and what some of the key points are that we should understand about these good vibrations, about, you know, this idea of eliminating separation. Well, this is, the whole wonderful part about this new story takes us from the concept of being victims of life, which is what I was actually teaching in medical school. I was teaching that to uh, medical students, uh, the nature of how biology works and the role of genes at that time, and everyone thought, oh, my goodness, our, uh, the genes control our, our biology, our physical biology, and our emotional and behavioral stuff. It, it was a concept called genetic determinism. And the significance about that, which is still pretty much prevalent in the textbooks of today, is that uh, genes are really uh, controlling the expression of our lives. And, and then when you recognize, you, you ask, well, did you pick the genes you came with? Uh, it's like, well, not as far as we know. Uh, can you change the genes if you don't like the traits and characteristics? The answer is no. And then you start to realize, oh, my gosh, uh, the genes control me, and I don't control the genes. And then by that definition we become victims of our biology and then look at our lives as it starts to fall apart in some cases and go, oh, that's, just the, that's my fate. And, and people surrender to this as this is just the way life is. And it's so completely wrong. And uh, this is what was so exciting about the biology and the research that I was doing on stem cells uh, 45 years ago to reveal that um, it's, the genes don't control anything. That, that's an absolute fact. The, the whole belief that a gene turns on and gene turns off, I mean, they talk about that every day, like this is still the, name, the same world of genes controlling and genes turn on and genes turn off. And it turns out that, that statement is completely false in the beginning. Genes have no on and genes have no off. Genes are blueprints. They're just exactly the same as, as a blueprint in an architect's office. And you go into an architect's office, and if she's working on a blueprint, you, you say, is your blueprint on or your blueprint off? And, uh, and she'll look at you like, come on, man. <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> on and off of a blueprint? And, and it's like, yeah, precisely. This is exactly the issue that the genes are blueprints, but they have no personal knowledge or self-actualization where they do any action on their own. Genes are always influenced by uh, the, our response to the environment and our perception of the environment. And that's what controls genes. And then you say, well, why is that so relevant? And I say, well, old story, 
genes turn on and off by themselves, so you're a victim of their action. News story, genes are responding to your perception and your environment, and the significance is, well, you can change your perceptions, and you can change your environment, and that means you control your genes. And all of a sudden, we go from victims of biology to really recognizing biologically that we are masters of it. And, and this becomes very profound because all the illnesses and, and, and problems and emotional issues and behavioral problems are not attributed to the genes. It's something that, that we can change and modify when we know how our, how our mind is ultimately controlling our genetics. You know what I love about this? I mean, this is being proved or disproved, however we want to look at it, Bruce, right? Over and over and over again. And, you know, what I mean by that is, you know, one of the first groups, I, I think, that to, to even talk about the idea that you could change a characteristic for good uh, were really the people, uh, the Bill W. and the whole 12-step program people, you know, way early on. They didn't really say that. But, you know, they went counter to groups of people that said, ah, you know what, you're taking that drug today, you're going to take it for the rest of your life. And we're starting to see what you're talking about even today. Uh, it's got to be amazing for you to look at the world and see that the science out there is still talking the same stuff. And what I mean by that is, you know, I went to a, a talk recently about Lyme, chronic Lyme disease. And the conversation was about the chronic Lyme gene. A tick bites you, but you have a chronic Lyme gene. And I, I know. Well, then there you are. You're, now you're the victim from that point on. From <laughs> and, that point on, you are. And, and then what? Yeah, and then, of course, see, the sneaky part about it is once you perceive that you're a victim, you see that you're helpless. By definition, then we are really programmed to seek a rescuer to help us out of the problems that we find ourselves in. And then right there stands this big edifice called the pharmaceutical industry that says, we are your rescuers. You have a problem, we'll make a chemical for you. And it's like, oh my God, they have been manipulating and, and ripping people off and causing so much illness on their own that uh, it, to me it's unimaginable that it's still there. But it's part of the, you know, you can control the belief system. You can control people to say, if you take this drug, your life is going to get better. Uh, uh, Prozac, for me, is like one of the, the uh, Prozac is like uh, the equivalent. In a laboratory situation, Prozac is no more effective than a sugar pill. That's exactly what it is. And yet, billions of dollars are spent every day because people say, oh, I, I've got to have this Prozac. And it's like, well, it wasn't the Prozac. It was actually the belief in the Prozac. Uh, that facilitated that. And, and today, another one, statins. Oh, my God, it's the most unbelievable situation because statin drugs only help at best, about 3% uh, at best of the people that take statin drugs. 97% of the people that take statin drugs, it has no functional bearing on their lives. And yet, people, are, you, we buy into, I'm a victim, give me some drugs. And, uh, and so they manipulated us. And it's time for us to to really take back the power because, you know, look, simple point, knowledge is power. Yeah. A lack of knowledge, by definition, is a lack of power. And then when you look at, well, how much knowledge does the individual have about their own biology, their genetics, and their health? And the answer is so little that they're basically just totally disempowered when it comes to health issues. 
Well, you know, this is for me. I love, I love connecting with you because we're we're talking today. Uh, for those of you just tuning in, with Dr. Bruce Lipton and his latest book, The Honeymoon Effect: The Science of Creating Heaven on Earth. You know, part of the dynamic of even talking about the honeymoon effect, Bruce, is you know, it is creating this this dialogue right now around what we get to believe or not believe in our lives, what we get to buy into or not buy into. Um, you know, what we get to call into our life in terms of an energy and a vibration and, and look at the world in, in a way that absolutely brings us that science of creating heaven on earth. We're going to take a short break. Dr. Bruce Lipton's in the house. When we come back, we're going to talk about dopamine. What do you think? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the honeymoon effect. Let's talk about how you can create heaven on earth. Not yesterday, not 20 years from now, not when you get that big job, not when you get that girlfriend or boyfriend you're looking for, you know, not when you get that lottery ticket, but how about now? Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show, my very special guest, Dr. Bruce Lipton. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back with the show. Want to know what the best-kept secret in Access Consciousness is? It's the Access Gold Club. Demanding more change and the latest and greatest, but can't always get to all the classes you desire? Let Gary and Dane come to you. Join the Gold Club, and each month you'll receive a 60-minute live call, a weekly email on the month's theme containing the latest clearings in written form, and an MP3 loop. Twice a month, receive a brand new video with Gary and Dane. How does it get any better than this? In addition to receiving a CD format of the monthly call mailed to you, you'll also enjoy a surprise bonus gift. Be in on the secret. Join today at www.isnowthetime.com special tips. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Successful people accomplish what they set out to do. They make a promise and work hard to keep their word to themselves and to others. Keeping one's word is the simple idea behind a breathtakingly new way to achieve more. Keeping your word is a practice developed by Vladimir Gerasichev, a life coach and business trainer with over 20 years experience. Visit KeepYourWord.com to learn more about the transformative technique and check out the free Keep Your Word app, Keeping Your Word, Changing Your Life Forever. Tune in to the Sandy Brewer Show, getting to the heart of what matters in your life. Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com and experience the powerful healing voice of Dr. Sandy Brewer, one of Colin Talk Radio's most dynamic, compelling personalities. Get ready for inspiration and contagious humor and her been there, done that, no-nonsense advice to meet today's challenges. Listen and call in at 800-930-2819 for the Sandy Brewer Show. 
called the Oprah of Radio by her listeners. Award-winning host Dr. Pat Basile is blowing the doors off of traditional talk radio. Get ready for an energizing delivery and powerful interviews with leaders in the field of human potential. Dr. Pat's fresh new perspective on living life full out has catapulted her show to the top of talk radio. Tune in and Dr. Pat will help you thrive instead of merely survive. Visit thedrpatshow.com. That's T-H-E-D-R-Patshow.com for listening times in your area. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, please call us at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Hey, everyone. I want to welcome you back. For more information about us, go to the drpatshow.com or transformationtalkradio.com. And I wanted to make sure that you guys know that if you go to the drpatshow.com on the right-hand side, you can get a question on air because I know a lot of you work and it's difficult to actually call. Um, but we've done uh, what most shows do. There's a way for you to ask your question. I will take a look at it and ask Bruce Lipton, my very special guest today. So go to the drpatshow.com or transformationtalkradio.com and then just type your question in on the instant feedback box right there on the right-hand side. Um, the, this is a great conversation. Dr. Bruce Lipton joining me here today. The Honeymoon Effect, The Science of Creating Heaven on Earth. You know, Bruce, before the break, I was, I was chatting, and during the break, we were chatting about, you know, creating the life we desire. What does it take despite the things going on? Now, I want to tell you what, what, I, what my stepmother used to say, and then I think it's great for us to talk about the honeymoon effect. My stepmother used to say, you know what? I do not believe in hell. I said, why is that? And, and she said, because this is, we're living hell on earth. And I thought, okay, how do I undo that in my life? And I've since been able to undo that. But I get what my mother was saying. I don't get that we have to live hell on earth. Tell, I would love for you to share what this honeymoon effect is all about. And, and for you, why was this such an important message to bring to people these days? Well, uh, the most important message is that when we start to understand that the honeymoon experience, which we'll define in a minute, um, when we've gone through that and, and we've had that wonderful, joyous uh, honeymoon love that's so juicy and alive, to recognize that this was not an accident, it wasn't a coincidence, it was a personal creation. And when we understand that it was a personal creation, and then we also, more importantly, understand, well, what happened to it? Because it always seems to, it starts out so beautiful, and then it just seems to disappear somewhere. It, it, there's a science as to how we create it, and there's a science as to why we lost it. And the significance is, if you understand the science, then the, the beautiful resolution is simple. You, the honeymoon effect doesn't have to be any short period of your life. It could be every day of your life experience you could wake up with that same joy, that same enthusiasm, that same health and glow that, that people falling in love experience. And you could have that every day of your life. But you have to have a little bit of knowledge about it. Otherwise, it just seems like an accident and a coincidence. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, accident, coincidence, blaming somebody else, you know, anything short of I got struck by lightning. Um, you know, and we hear these terms a lot. 
you know, for people to really look at this, I love the I love the title of the book, The Honeymoon Effect, because I think everybody understands that, right? And, I hope you know, so. <laughs> oh, well, but think about what we buy into, right? Everybody says the honeymoon effect, you know, the novelty will wear off. I mean, how many people have you talked with that after two years of marriage actually expect not to have sex anymore? I mean, what the heck are we creating, Bruce? I mean, yeah. we have so bought into this. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about this for people and why this is something that we can avoid. Yes. Okay, let's first define the honeymoon effect, yes. you know, for a simple level, and that is, uh, I usually ask an audience, I say, let, let, let's go back to a time you fell head over heels in love. And when you're back in that state of mind, I, I say, okay, three questions. Uh, number one, um, were you healthy at that time? And almost mm. everybody said they were exuberantly healthy. So there's a very interesting correlation when you fall in love. You seem to be much healthier than when you're not in love, and that's very important. Uh, number two, um, I, I say to people, uh, did you have energy and, and vitality when you when you fell in love? And everybody laughs because they know they made love for days without stopping for food or sleep. You know, they just energy with that was so great. And then the third question is, I say, go back to that time period, and I say, was life so beautiful during that honeymoon experience that you couldn't wait for the next day to have more? And, and the answer is, yes, of course. And I go. Well, this this is not a coincidence that this something very profound happened, and this is a way of life, and that when we lose it, uh, it that wasn't an accident either, because uh, that was a nature of what I'm going to talk about is programming that we that we lost it. So uh, basically, let, let's understand this: we all have a drive to to get into relationships, and it's not just uh, love relationships. All humans, and actually all animals are driven to form community. And this is a biological, uh, what they call a biological imperative. Uh, that means that we are built, uh, and from the most primitive organism up, with a biological behavior system that's not in our consciousness, it's below consciousness, to, to be in community and to specifically form relationships. And, and the reason for this is because the biological imperative is the, uh, just some, to summarize it, is the drive to survive. And when I talk about the drive to survive, that's the survival of the individual. And those drives are like, well, we seek water and food and air, uh, uh, the things that we need to keep ourselves personally alive. But the biological imperative is also to keep the species alive. Well, to keep the species alive, then by definition, we have to form couples uh, and reproduce. And so this is not in our conscious mind. This is below consciousness. Uh, I mean, simply... If you try to kill a, even a bacterium, the simplest organism on the planet, it's not going to just sit there and say, oh, okay, go ahead and kill me. If you try and kill a bacterium, even a bacterium will take every opportunity to avoid death that it can, move, you know, that it can do. So even the primitive bacterium it has a drive to survive. Well, in humans, the reason why the drive to survive uh, uh, and the reproduction part brings us together is simply this. You look at primitive organisms, let's say frogs, uh, they don't have a big romantic experience in their life. You, the female at the right time of the year lays her eggs, and the chemistry from the eggs causes the male to release sperm. Uh, all of a sudden, you fertilize all the eggs. Uh, the two frogs don't have a glass of wine and a cigarette or anything. They just go their own way after that. No relationship needed. Uh, and the relevance is that the fertilized eggs will develop on their own, and when the tadpoles are born, 
they're independent. They're capable of surviving on their own. But as you go up the evolutionary ladder, uh, the more complex organisms are not born in a complete ready-to-go state. And as the higher you go, let's say up to humans, for example, how long does it take for a human child to become self-sufficient and take care of itself? Well, it takes about 13 years, let's say. I go, well, why is this important? The answer is, Two frogs, after they mate, they don't have to be around each other. They're gone, you know. But what about two humans? Well, nature says, if you're going to have a baby, you, you've got to be parents for like 13 years to cultivate and nurture that child to get it up on its own. So you say, well, how does nature encourage you to stay in a relationship for 13 years? And the answer is, the way nature does for everything that she wants us to do, she gives us pleasure. Mm-hmm. And and this is important because why the pleasure? And the pleasure is nature's way of saying, uh, if you were doing this process to you know cultivate, nurture this child, um, nature will reward you with this pleasure of the relationship to keep you in this pair bonding state. So nature's reward system is a way of sustaining uh, the relationship long enough for a child to to be independent. So I say, well, what does that mean? I say, well what happens when we start to seek a mate, there are two levels uh, that are operating here. The unconscious level is the drive to seek the mate. That's part of the biological imperative. Nature says, I need you to find somebody to stay with them 13 years until this child is ready to be on its own. So uh, underneath, there's a drive to, to do this. That's the biological imperative. As you start to move into that drive, uh, and again, this is below consciousness, the, the system releases chemistry into your body to lead you into creating relationships with another person and to sustain those relationships. And so there's this wonderful um, uh, release of beautiful chemistry that comes from the mind of people in love. And as you mentioned before the break, the, the principal chemistry uh, is, is dopamine. Let, let me go sure. back one step, though, just, yeah. just for a second, Pat. Um, all organisms go back even to the frogs, uh, are, are manipulated by two fundamental chemicals, uh, estrogen and testosterone. Those are the physical uh, chemis- chemis- uh, chemicals that promote us to get into that relationship and then to reproduce. Well, as I said, frogs can have testosterone and estrogen, but that doesn't lead to any relationship. Where, where does the relationship come from? Well, as nature started to recognize to keep uh, a couple together, nature rewards with pleasure, and that's the release of dopamine. So when you start to, to meet someone who uh, uh, is, it seems, it seems to be a, a wonderful candidate for, for your partner, um, there, there's unconscious levels of control. Uh, some of it is, is related to vibrations and energy. There's an energy change. Uh, and the significance about that is when energies that are right for each other come together, complementary energies. Uh, the result is uh, increased energy, good vibes. When a relationship isn't really uh, destined to be uh, what what you're looking for, uh, the energy is, doesn't add up and, and give you increased good vibes. In fact, uh, when you're with the wrong person, you actually lose energy. Uh, and that's nature's way. Nature, look, energy is life. The more energy yeah. you have, the, the, the greater your life. The, the, as the energy gets reduced, your life becomes threatened. That's bad vibes. So underneath consciousness, <laughs> below it, there's a motivation from energy 
that says that this person or that person is the right one because you get more energy by being with them than when you're not with them. And this is, again, uh, nature's directing you toward a relationship. But then on top of that, nature releases the chemistry. And as, we, as you mentioned before, dopamine is the pleasure chemical. Dopamine, uh, in this area of the brain where dopamine is released in experiments, even with humans, when they put an electrode in there and a switch to activate the release of dopamine, uh, animals like rats, for example, when you implant those electrodes, uh, they'll stay at that switch and push it thousands of times, uh, just one after the other, just keep pushing the dopamine switch. That's how the drive of, for that uh, pleasure. Yeah. They'll, they'll do that until they, they die. They, they won't eat or anything. They'll stay at the switch and push it and push it and push it until they die. So dopamine, by that definition, is like, it's so cool. You want that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, one of the things that is so important about what, you know, what this book talks to, Bruce, and this is what I love about it. And we're going to talk about this when we come back. You know, there's so many situations that we've read about, or, you know, children that grow up in families that, uh, you know what, they didn't get a break before they were married. They don't have a break after they're married violence in the family, horrific situations. And, you know, the conversation then becomes, what do you do with this generation of children? How about all of the parents that went through this economic, whatever you want to call it, downturn, upturn, burial? I've heard it called a lot of things. What about the children in this? Are they lost? Is there something that can happen so that they too can experience heaven on earth? How about most of us that have experienced homelessness, lost everything? As a matter of fact, Bruce, I've been fired from every job I've ever had. How do we turn this around? Well, that's why Bruce Lipton's joining us here today. When we come back, we're going to talk about, you know, are we the situation? Or actually, that was, uh, that was a character from Jersey Shore. Are we the situation or are we the situation makers? Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pacho. This is a fabulous book. When we come back, we're going to give you lots of information about Bruce, The Honeymoon Effect, The Science of Creating Heaven on Earth. Uh, lots to talk about. Where it, For me, you got to read the book. This is, a, this is a life changer for you guys. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. and consciousness. People just like you who want to shift and change what isn't working for them. Who want to shift and change what isn't working on the planet. Questions. That's about shifting and changing whatever isn't working for you. Consciousness includes everything and judges nothing. Questions and consciousness. A telecall with like-minded people from all around the world, which gives you the place and space to ask what isn't working for you. For more information, go to questionsinconsciousness.net. That's questionsinconsciousness.net. Are you a health-conscious, spiritual woman who is just tired of struggling with food obsession, emotional eating, and constantly having to struggle with weight and food? You aren't alone. The secret is within us, often in releasing internal resistance and blocks to our own success. To learn how to end the war with food and your body now and find peace, go to eatlikeagoddess.com for your free audio. Break free from food obsession and lose weight without trying. 
That is eatlikeagoddess.com. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Did anyone teach you to be a parent? What if there were tools that could make your job a whole lot easier? Glenna Rice invites you to be the questionable parent you truly be in a dynamic teleseries designed to empower parents to know that they know and give you the awareness required to create ease and joy between you and your children. Check out GlennaRice.com to learn more and to book a private session. Or dial 415-235-2807. Tune in each Wednesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com to Inspired Action Radio with Jennifer B. Mastering the art of dream building in the real world. This hit show will inspire you to start painting the canvas of your life and bring your unique spirit and your amazingly intelligent mind together to find an incredible, practical, real-world strategy to building a life with epic results. Tune in to Inspired Action Radio with Jennifer B. Laura Longley is on a mission to remove stuckness from your life for good and replace it with happiness. Tune in Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com for The Laura Longley Show, where authentic change takes flight. Say yes to that inspired you and goodbye to your stuckness as Laura and her guests deliver powerful ways to work through common problems in this fun and unique hit show. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, please call us at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Dr. Bruce Lipton joining us here today. Bruce, let's take a minute and let folks know how they can get a copy of your, of your book, how to find out where you're going to be so that they can you know, see you in person, uh, and anything else that would be great for them to know. Thank you. Uh, the, um, well, the book is available at almost all booksellers, and uh, it's available, of course, on Amazon. And I have a website where there's a lot of information that's freely downloadable. You get lots of information. You can just... Uh, take off of the web on the stuff that we're talking about, and the website simply is brucelipton.com. Uh, and, and so there's a lot of material available there for just looking at it. That would be very helpful. Uh, I love it. And, you know, this book is fabulous. Bruce, a couple of things I wanted to ask you about. Okay, so one of them has to do with what I mentioned before the break about, you know, are you, are you your situation? That's, that's a question. Uh, and uh, what do we do with this stuff that becomes embedded? So let me give you an idea. I told you about my stepmom. I love my stepmom. I mean, if, if I had to, to talk about anybody that taught me the power of perseverance, it's her. Um, but she also said some interesting things that stuck with me for, for, you know, for a large part of my life until I, <laughs> until I like you, you say, had to reprogram. Things like you make your bed, you sleep in them. Money doesn't grow on trees. 
uh, hell is here on earth. You know, I could go on and on and on with, with all of these little cool things. However, she said them, she didn't live her life by that way. And I, I always thought that that was so paradoxical for me. But I want to talk about things that happen, programming that happens, kids these days that watch their parents lose their jobs. And I wanted to have you share a, a, a little bit of what you talk about in the book. You know, can we have happily ever after? And what would it take for us to get it, despite our life situation? <laughs> Well, we, we, in the first part, which was very short, I wish I had another couple hours with you right now, <laughs> but we'll try and summarize as best I possibly can. It goes like this. The, the drive to get in a relationship is that there's a below conscious level. That's the vibration and the chemistry that pushes us into a relationship. But then the, the mind has the greatest influence on whether that relationship is going to be uh, sustained or not. And then I say, well, the mind, and I have to say, well, there's two parts to the mind, and they're interdependent, meaning we group them as one thing, but they're actually two different entities that work together, and it's called the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. And it's very important to know the difference, and, uh, because this is where the crux of all issues, whether it's relationship issues, job issues, any, any issues come from the, the understanding of the difference between these two minds. The conscious mind, latest edition of the brain, is right behind your forehead. It's part of the brain called the prefrontal cortex. It's like the last add-on to the nervous system. And uh, the conscious part is uh, the creative part of the brain. And it's also the seat of our personal identity, our connection to spirituality. It's who you are as a unique individual. That's your conscious mind. And it's very creative. And I say... Uh, I say, Pat, tell me what you want out of your life. Uh, and what you will do is go in your conscious mind and visualize what you want and then give me an answer, which is creative, okay? And I say, okay, so that's the creative mind. That's you, wishes, desires, and aspirations. That's the important part. Your wishes and desires and what you want out of life come from the conscious mind. I say, what about the subconscious mind? I say, well, that's about 90% of the brain. It was there before the conscious mind. Its function is more or less like a record playback system. You get a life experience. You learn that life experience. And if you ever get in that same situation, since you've already learned the experience, there's an automatic playback. So it's sort of like a tape recorder. You record your experience, and then uh, when you're in that situation again, you push the button, and it plays automatically, so uh, you, you don't have to pay attention to it. It, it. So you learned how to walk when you were a kid. You don't have to learn every day how to right. walk. Uh, and so all of the things that we uh, have habituated, so th that's actually the key word for the subconscious, the habit mind versus the conscious, the creative mind. And then I go like this, well, here's what's important. The creative mind... Uh, is not time-bound. This is very critical, meaning if I just said, like, what do you want out of your life? You move into the future. I say, what are you doing next Wednesday? Your mind lets go of the moment and moves into thinking about Wednesday. If I say, what did you do last week? Your mind lets go of the current moment, and the conscious mind will go back into history and review what you did. Or, or simply say, um, uh, Pat, I want you to go in your conscious mind and imagine something. And as you're imagining something, by definition, the conscious mind's not paying attention. Point simple. Every time the conscious mind gets engaged in thought, it's not paying attention to the current moment. But that's the neat part of the subconscious because well, let's say you're driving your car and then you get into a conversation. The conscious mind all of a sudden is not paying attention to the driving. Now it's involved with the conversation. 
but the car is still being driven. <laughs> and who's driving it? The subconscious mind, because it knows how to do all these things. It's a million times more powerful a computer than the conscious mind anyway. So, point. The conscious mind, creative mind, uh, is not time-bound. It moves with thought, and every time it moves with thought, it's not paying attention. Then by default, we kick into the subconscious, which is programs. And now here comes the whole conflict of why we have a honeymoon and why we lose the honeymoon, and the answer is this. First, understand this that the subconscious mind is programmed in the first seven years by observing other people, your parents, your family, your community. Your, as a child, up through the age of seven, your brain is operating in a lower EEG frequency, uh, which is called theta, which is hypnosis. And the reason is simple. Uh, a child, the moment it's born, you can't be conscious if you have no data to be conscious about. So if you ask a, a newborn baby coming out of the birth canal, you say, tell me something, and the baby, if it could talk, would look at you and say, I don't know anything, I just got here. <laughs> so you have to have a data, and then you could be conscious. So the first seven years is downloading data, but the important part, the data you're downloading is from other people's beliefs and behaviors. So you observe your parents, you observe their behavior, and you download that into your subconscious mind. Well, the issue is this. When the conscious mind's not paying attention, by definition, the default kicks in the subconscious programming. But the subconscious programming, when it kicks in, it's not basically your beliefs, your wishes, your desires. It's programs from other people. Mm -hmm. And they don't necessarily support your intentions and wishes. So here, <laughs> No kidding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and here comes the part. Also, when you're playing the subconscious programs, you yourself don't see them. And that's the uh, biggest monkey wrench right. in the world. So in my lecture, I give an example and go, um, I'm sure you had a friend, uh, you knew your friend's behavior very, very well, and you happen to know your friend's parent. And so at some day, you might have recognized that your friend does some of the same behavior as their parents. So you volunteer casually, you say something, hey, you know, Bill, you're just like your dad. And then you back away from Bill, who goes totally ballistic that, how can you compare me to my dad? <laughs> and a lot of people laugh because they're so familiar with it. And I go, well, there's two profound points. It's very important. Two profound points, same story, and that is this. Everybody else can see that Bill behaves like his dad. The only one who doesn't see it is Bill. Point. He downloaded the behavior of his father in the first seven years. He plays it when his conscious mind's not paying attention. And because his conscious mind isn't paying attention when he is playing his dad's behavior, he's the only one who doesn't see it. Uh, and profound point, too, same story, is we are all Bill. Every one of us unconsciously plays these programs that we got from other people when the conscious mind is shifting. And I say, well, what, why is this relevant? Because science has revealed that the conscious mind is so engaged in thought so frequently, this is important, that the conscious mind only controls our behavior about 5% of the time. Mm -hmm. 95% of our behavior is coming from the programs that we got from other people because the mind is thinking 95% of the time. So relevant, 5% of the time you're actually operating from wishes, desires, and aspirations. 95% of the time you are unconsciously playing programs which psychologists have revealed uh, the vast majority, 70% or more of the programs in the subconscious are self-sabotaging, uh, limiting, and disempowering. So it says 95% of the day, you're engaged in behavior that you do not see, 
that is actually undermining your, 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 your wishes and desires. I say, okay, bottom line, how did we get into the honeymoon effect? And here's the part that's so cool. Yeah. Science has recognized it as the one time in your life that you are mindful without even knowing about it, meaning your conscious mind doesn't wander. And the reason is very simple. If you met this person that fulfills all your wishes and desires, why would you let your conscious mind wander? Everything you want is right in front of your face. So you keep your mind focused. Well, why is this relevant? Because the honeymoon is derived from the fact that 90% or more of your behavior is, is actually directed by your wishes, your desires, and your aspirations. When two people are operating from their conscious minds, then by definition, they're manifesting wishes and desires. Whoa! Well, that's called the honeymoon. You and your partner are manifesting wishes and desires for what? What you wanted. And you create this beautiful experience called the honeymoon. And that's because your behavior is controlled by your conscious mind, wishes and desires. But what happens inevitably, and this is the, where the problem, where the honeymoon fades away, is at some point life really starts to get busy. Even if you're in love like crazy, you still have to pay the rent and fix the car and do the chores. And the significance is at some point your mind starts to wander, the conscious mind, as it thinks about what I need to do, what has to be done, and all these things. Well, then the problem is the moment your conscious mind wanders, the default behavior programs come from the subconscious, which by definition are from other people's behavior. And just like Bill, when you switch into those subconscious behaviors, you yourself don't see them, although the other people do. So now I go, honeymoon created by wishes, desires, aspirations, the conscious mind staying mindful, being in the front, being in control. The honeymoon starts to fade when life gets busy. The conscious mind starts thinking. The default program from the subconscious kick in. But the default programs aren't your wishes and desires. They're other people's beliefs and attitudes. And uh, they start to undermine and sabotage the relationship. But the individual who, who is shifted into that subconscious that is now sabotaging the relationship, they themselves, like Bill, are totally unaware of what they just said or what they did because it came from the subconscious default. So, you know, for example, let's say, uh, my partner Margaret and I are having this wonderful relationship, the honeymoon, life is beautiful, we're creating yeah. from wishes and desires, and then uh, my mind gets busy, Margaret asks me a very simple loving question, and I turn around and go, blah, 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 and <laughs> she looks at me going like, who are you? That's a famous line, who are you? Uh, and then now you have to step back one second and realize, I just said all those things, but my mind was thinking about something. So what just came out of my mouth wasn't my behavior. It was behavior I learned from other people, which is obviously not very supportive and helpful, negative kinds of things. And so I just threw a monkey wrench in the relationship, but I didn't see it. Then Margaret says to me, what kind of behavior is that? But then I get defensive because well, I didn't see what I just said, so I can't imagine I would have done anything negative. And so I get very defensive. I said, what are you talking about? And all of a sudden, that's when the honeymoon starts to fade as more and more of these behaviors that were never seen during the honeymoon, because during the honeymoon, I didn't go into the default programs. The default program showed up later. 
but these behaviors are not very good. So now Margaret looks at me and says, wow, that was really crummy behavior. But then she has to say, well, our rest of our relationship is really great. I'll compromise, okay? Every now and then he, he acts like an idiot. Okay, I accept that. But the problem is, once you start compromising, you're letting go of your wishes and desires. And one after the other, as life gets busier and more and more of these behaviors are introduced, more and more compromises are introduced. And there's a point where there's a, you may have compromised too much and one new behavior is like, oh, I can't do this anymore. No right. more compromise, honeymoon gone, relationship over. And two people are standing there going, how did something so beautiful turn into this? And the fact is, well, since neither party ever saw their own subconscious programs, they have no idea that they were actually contributing to this. So the concept of being mindful is what the Buddhists have talked about, is the fact is, if you stay in your conscious mind, then every decision is based on your wishes and desires. But the moment you shift off and default in the subconscious, uh, that's when uh, the behavioral programs of others start interfering and you yourself don't see it. So that's when, and this applies not just in a relationship, anything. You're going for a job, you go in there, you start with your conscious mind, and everything is great, uh, and then at some point uh, when you're there long enough and your mind wanders, you kick into the subconscious programs. Yeah, but if they're not supporting you, then invisibly you're sabotaging yourself, and then every and, and it ends, and you yourself didn't even see it. And oh, that's, no. That's yeah. the invisible killer. Yeah. I mean, this is so interesting because one of the things that I'm really struck by and was struck by when I when reading the book, uh, The Honeymoon Effect, here's what I was struck by, how often we do this. Now, you know, and, and it's really interesting. Someone asked me once what, what, what the opposite of mindfulness was. I don't know why someone would ask me that. But my, what I said is clueless. And they said to me, clueless. That's not the I said, well, it is. I yeah. mean, you know, because I look at my life, and a lot of times, Bruce, I have been clueless. I mean, even in the face of disaster, being homeless at 17, I mean, I look back, I'm not clueless about it now, but when I'm in the moment of it, I'm clueless. What you're talking about is so important because I've been at those places. I've been in the middle of interviews with people, and everything is going okay until the phone line drops. And then what happens? Oh, my gosh. They really didn't want to talk to me. That last question I asked them, that offended them. Oh, oh my. You know what I'm trying to say? We do this all the time. Yeah, 95% of the time, actually. Oh, how, okay. So I want to talk about the, the subconscious for a minute here. A lot of conversation about the subconscious. You can't train it. You can't change it. it oh, is my what goodness. It is. Please don't say I that. <laughs> well, I'm not saying it. But, I mean, you know that's out there. Oh, absolutely. Because if you understand you have a subconscious that is interfering with you, and, right. and most importantly, you understand that you can rewrite the subconscious, then it becomes, oh, my God, this is the most wonderful tool right. in the world. Because, simple point, what if you reprogram the subconscious behaviors to match the conscious wishes and desires, uh, if you just stop for a second and think about that, then all of a sudden I say, well, wait, then I'm operating from conscious wishes and desires, I'm creating a honeymoon, and then if I default, because my mind wanders in the subconscious, but it has the same behaviors in it, then my honeymoon doesn't end. And that's the whole wonderful future that's available is to reprogram the limiting beliefs, and again, psychologists say 70% or more are, are limiting and 
disempowering belief that if we reprogram that, then that means you can have a honeymoon every day of your life, whether you're paying attention and operating from wishes and desires of the conscious mind, or shift into the subconscious with programs that match your wishes and desires, so that when you, even when you're not paying attention, you're still living the honeymoon effect. That means the honeymoon effect is not just a short period of your life, but it is available to you every day of your life. I know we're running out of time, and I just want to bring up, what is yes. the biggest monkey wrench to being in love, and it goes like this. During the first seven years when we were being programmed, not only were we programmed to how to be a part of the family and the community and the society and learn all the rules, but the most important aspect as well is who are we as individuals. And the point is very very important because the conscious mind isn't working until uh, as a predominant brain state until after seven, a child after seven. So the first seven years of your life, not only are you learning the rules of, of society, but you also learn who you are by what other people are telling you about yourself. And, and this is where the problem comes from, very simply, big point. In, in workshops and, and classes that, that I get involved with, we ask people to test for a subconscious belief using muscle testing, uh, to test for this belief, very important, the belief statement, I love myself. We find 80% or more of the people in every you know, time we get together, 80% of the people will not test positive for that because of the critical uh, uh, analysis of who they are by their parents when growing up. And, you, and you, people are here all, these, all the time like, oh, you don't deserve that. Who do you think you are? You're not that smart. You, know, you can do better. You, you, uh, and all of these are, uh, are statements that parents make trying to goad the child to improve. But if the child is under seven, uh, it doesn't work that way because the child's just recording the statement in, in hypnosis. So uh, you hear the statement, you don't deserve that, not good enough, not lovable. Uh, the significance of hearing those is just a recording. That means when you shift into the default subconscious, what are, what are the programs? I'm not lovable. I don't deserve things. I, you know, I'm not worthy. And these are running 95% of the time, invisibly. So what does it mean? 95% of the time, we sabotage all of our relationships because our programming does not in- encourage us to, to be successful. And, and so this is the most important question. If people, if they find out, in, it, does your subconscious program support the belief, I love myself? And if it doesn't, here's the biggest failure. If you don't love yourself and someone else says they love you, uh, then it's sort of like you look at them and say, well, what kind of quality control do you have? I can't love myself. How can you love me? And basically, we will sabotage all relationships because of those beliefs. And again, 80% or more of the people, when tested for subconscious belief, will not pass that test that they love themselves. Well, number one monkey wrench in the whole game of life is if you can't love yourself, then simple definition, nobody else can either. You know, Bruce, uh, you and I, next time we do this, we're going to schedule two hours. I would love that. (laughs) I I would love to do it uh, because, you know, this now leads to part two, which I hope you'll come back and talk with us about. You know, part two is for me, uh, you know, unveiling the magic of reprogramming the self-conscious mind, you know, that the subconscious, self-conscious. And, you know, it's interesting because we do have a myth in our society and we have many of them underneath the giant myth. 
And that is the one you've talked about. You know, this idea of loving ourselves, trying to convince we, ourselves that we love ourselves. But yeah. in the end, yeah, living the illusion of that. And that's what I think we really have to get underneath and then open the door for so many things. I know that you know this. Um, you'll, people will tell you, yeah, I love myself. Uh, and they can't tell you how they know that. And if you say, well, how do you demonstrate that you love yourself? It's really interesting to, to hear what people say when, when you're asking them that. And so let's you and I do part two, Bruce. I, I would, would love, so look love, forward to, love that. to do it. Because this uh, is what we need to do to change the world. It because is. Because we have been programmed to misunderstand who we are, that we are creators of this life. We bought into, as we started the program, oh, I'm a victim of these things, and right. I can't do anything about it. It's like, this is so untrue for a simple reason, because we are all powerful. And, uh, then you, and you say, well, if we're all powerful, then how come I don't seem to have any power and somebody else seems to have more power? How did they get more power? And this is the, this is the crux. How did they get more power? And the answer, they didn't get any more power. What they did is they took away the power from us. So we feel powerless, victimized, and all that. And because of our belief system, operating 95% of the time, will disempower you because of that belief, rather than getting the message, you are divine, Uh, you are inspired, and you are creative. I love it. That's a great way to end this show and start the next one. Thank you guys for tuning us in, turning us on. We'll see you next time on the Dr. Pat Show. Thank you, my buddy, Dr. Bruce Lifton. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today for the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. The Dr. Pat Show can be heard live every Thursday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. on KKNW AM 1150. So join Dr. Pat live or listen 24-7 at www.thedrpatshow.com. Aren't you tired of the same old negative vibe? Hey, Valerie, have you heard about TransformationTalkRadio.com? No, what's that? Dr. Pat is launching a new network. and Dr. Pat? Dr. Pat. How many hours is she going to be on? It won't be all Dr. Pat. She'll be joined by her friends, transformative hosts from around the globe. TransformationTalkRadio.com is a 24-7 network. 24 hours of Dr. Pat and her guests? No, 24 hours of Dr. Pat and her hosts. Oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. Where is it going to be broadcast? You're going to be able to hear her in Seattle, Boston, Connecticut, New York, Rhode Island, on over 300 cable radio stations, and on the Internet everywhere. Listen live at TransformationTalkRadio.com. Great, we should spread the word. Absolutely, spread the word. Go to TransformationTalkRadio.com. Stop. Get out of that car. Stop living your life in the passenger seat. Tune in to TransformationTalkRadio.com and let us help you drive.